for the beats, for the love, for the alcohol, for the party. <laughs> One time like, okay. <laughs> Letting the kick ride, letting the snare roll, letting the bottle pour, cups in the airflow. Love what you hear though, everything black. Feel like the beat is everything, well then everything's back. <laughs> letting the speakers blast, letting the beats run. Word to the crate digging, word to machine drums. Get used to it as we proceed. <laughs> black radio for the lover, just the beat. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick gone knock, the snare gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The bottle gone pour, the speakers gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Black That's how one. you kick that off the good. motherfucking show. Good. God damn Love it. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That I'm going to copy so and paste that one. That, that might be We're the trying one. to find the right <laughs> intro that we can copy and paste that joint so we don't do it every time. It's fun to do it every time, that though. I love it. I love it. That was so good. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Black Chat. I believe it's episode 58. 58. Episode 58. Let's give a round of applause to ourselves for being the shit. I have a question. So What's is up? 60 going to be at the top of the year? It is. Uh, it is. 50, wow. So next week is 59 and the first one of the year is 60. What? That's so amazing. Wow. So, so 60 amazing. 60. Episode. Did we do 60 in one year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, a little a little over a year. Wow. Yeah. That's 60. Lit. It's lit, man. That's how you get it done, people. That's how you get it done. You know what I mean? Welcome, guys, to Blap Chat, another episode of Blap Chat. We are all here. Yes. My name is Ill Mind. Yes. Atlas the Plug. Oh, What's shit. Good? Glam Glizzle. Oh shit! Glam Glizzle. Sugar Perfection. Yay! Yeah. Hey, hey, we are here. We are here. Blab Chat episode 58. Um, welcome. This is an all music producer and uh, just music, music uh, in general. Mm-hmm. I would say fuck that. But the production of music. This is an all music producer podcast. Um, shout to you guys. Shout to all of our loyal uh, listeners and fans out there listening from all across the globe. Shout to all parts of the world. Shout to America. America. Shout to Canada. Shout to all my people in Toronto, Vancouver. Um, fuck. UK. Shout to shout to the UK. Shout mm-hmm. to London. Shout to Germany. Shout out to Guam. Shout, shout to all of our listeners in Guam. Shout to our listeners in the Philippines. India. Shout to India. Shout to Africa. 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 Of I got course. someone that DM'd me saying he's from like South Africa. Wow. Shout yeah, to South yeah. Africa, man. That's oh, that's am- that's amazing. Shout to Australia. Down mm-hmm. under, can't forget them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we're forgetting so many. Puerto Rico. <laughs> we're forgetting p- pretty much hundreds of nations yes. here. Yes. Shout to Puerto Rico. <laughs> shout, man, everyone, man. But uh, shout to all of our creators uh, around the globe that tune in to us every Friday. You guys are really the shit, man. Um, it's because of you guys that we are able to continue to do this and provide a, a voice for all of our music creators out there, whether mm-hmm. you're a music producer or an engineer or a musician or a rapper or a singer or you do it all or just a casual fan that just fucks with us, man. We fuck with you. And um, I can't believe uh, we're closing in on the end of 2017. Blue. Did this, is this not? Tell me what you guys think. Is Was this year... 
not the fastest year that ever went by for you. It was, yeah, it was pretty quick. fast. I feel like it went by so fast. And you know what's crazy fast. too? I feel like a lot happened this year. Though. Yeah. So much happened. Yeah. So much. It was so a bittersweet much. year. Bittersweet year, and a lot of people that I've spoken to have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad it's you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think 2017 was one of those like, I feel like every other year is kind of like. Um, like a like a breakdown year, like like shit just breaks and then like there's a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 2017 for a lot of us was a year where there was a lot of change, a lot of major change, major turning mm-hmm. points. A lot of people, you know, there's people having babies, some newborns, some uh, uh, career changes, mm-hmm. some deaths, unfortunately, and and life too. So it's just a really impactful year. Um, you know, uh, a lot of crazy craziness happened, and you know, hopefully, going into 2018, we can use 2018 and really strive to make that a, a build-up year where we all kind of really empower each other. I, I think 2018 is going to be an amazing year. Yeah. I believe that. Oh, 100%. you know, so <clears throat> I want to. I really want to just start off to, um, you know, say, you know, rest in power yeah, to man. to the big, big, big homie, Combat Jack, yeah. uh, Reggie Osei. Um, really just super unfortunate man um you know diagnosed with colon cancer a few months ago and and unfortunately he uh he lost the battle but um condolences to the the family the friends um and everyone that knew combat jack and had any kind of interaction with him uh you know large or small in passing or 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 really ended up being a close friend of his you know condolences to to everyone and um his legacy is just gonna live on man like yeah. he 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 left such a huge impact on culture and on hip-hop and on just the even just like the podcast world. i don't even think we'd be honestly i don't think <clears throat> we, we would be sitting here right no. now if it wasn't for reggie no listen the the i think the landscape would be different mm-hmm. without without what he did mm-hmm. you know like uh, you know i remember back in 2008 2009 it was the first kind of like podcast that i was ever interviewed for and it was him it mm-hmm. was at pnc radio yep. with reggie um and a king a king yeah. and uh, they interviewed me and, and I, I shouted this out on my instagram yesterday but it was the first podcast that i was interviewed for where i actually felt special like i felt like i was like important you know because mm-hmm. Uh, you know reggie was just like asking me questions and like he fucking did all the research anyone could ever do and i didn't like ever experience that and he was talking about like my early days and like working with little brother and then like Mm -hmm. getting you know signing with shaw money and working with g unit and like getting my big start my big break your first placement my first placement was elder sensei elder sensei yeah one of my first um elder sensei and so like he just he was just such a good guy man and like after that just so many different interactions with him and 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 uh, you know my last memory of him was um you know when we were hanging out at yeah I remember. Uh, on the rooftop yeah, at, yeah, Gimlet, Gimlet, at Gimlet, uh, yeah. when when uh reggie asked me to come in and, and do a quick interview for the chris lighty uh documentary podcast and uh, he wanted me to do a little like entrepreneur mm-hmm. kind of intermission thing and uh and it was just a special moment. So um, that was the picture uh, that A King took, like the selfie yeah, with the four of us. The selfie with A King. That was so, that day. So, um, what were you guys' kind of like, oh, man. kind of final? I know, you know, memories with, with Reggie. I, you know, I know, I know. You guys have stories. That's why I know Avian is also was very close with Combat. Yeah. Um, for me, 
I remember combat. I first met combat actually with you, Ilmine, at yep. the at the the with the cookie the bakery. The what was his name? Bakery on Bergen. Bakery on Bergen, yep. exactly. We went there, we had a meeting with him. Uh and it was the first time I met him. Showed me love. This was like a, a few years ago. But like I remember when I my when I was throwing events and I was throwing like showcases and stuff and combat showed up to one of to one of my showcase events and to me combat i consider him like a celebrity you know so he so he was like the first you know quote unquote celebrity that came and supported i didn't personally invite him like he just showed up and he came backstage and he showed me mad love and we chopped it up and and like someone has said oh atlas is with this and like our worlds were so small we both were just like bugging out about it and then he pulled up a a tweet on his phone uh, and it was just and i actually posted that video on my ig um but man that guy was always showed so much love i'm so happy we also had him as a guest on blap chat and i'm so yeah. glad we did that mm-hmm. and like he was the he was the only non-producer guest yeah. on our show not true right Wrong john close. master oh john that's right um, that's right um Steve Bell, that's right. Nutritionist that's right. Uh, Tamar, Tamar, which is a great right, episode. Right. I'm um, bugging, uh, but he was one of the first. He was one of the first. What did y'all say? One of the first. Yeah, yeah, one of the first. But I remember when we had him on Blap Chat, and we went and found the original um, "Welcome to Combat" the, yep. the theme song, yep. like the first one. Get ready for combat. Get ready for combat, right? And we played it in the beginning of the episode, yeah. and the first thing he said, he's like, "Yo, real talk, guys, that was probably the best intro <laughs> anyone yeah. has ever introed me for." And yeah. I was like, so honored, man. Yeah, I'm gonna miss that guy. I'm not gonna lie, guys, like. I cried like a baby, man. Yeah. I literally, I went, I went in a room and for five minutes straight, I just yeah. started bawling. Like that guy was like a special, a special dude, man. So, yeah. shout out to loudspeaker, a king, everyone over there. You know, yeah. you know. Shout out um, to Premium Pete and all, all the Premium guys that were close to him, just Chris Murrow and everyone, yeah. and you know, everyone stay strong, man. I, I know Combat would want us to just keep our heads up, man, yeah. and keep pushing and keep striving and, and just being positive, you know? Yeah. So. What, what about you guys? What was, what was your last um, interview? Um, I just can't believe he's gone. It's, it's crazy, you yeah. know? Like, we, were li- we literally had a brief conversation about him last week here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's yep. just seeing, like, you know, from, you know, I met him at Engine Room, you know, that's where he recorded his podcast. So, yeah. you know, we have a lot of memories and, you know, we spent a lot of time with him there and outside. You know, but it's just crazy to see someone be fine and then find out they're not. And yeah. then to this in such a short time, you know, is what's most shocking to me, you know. But I love the fact that everyone is kind of like coming together and mm-hmm. like expressing, you know, the memories that they have with him and how much he has actually impacted like yeah. the culture, you yeah. know, because, you know, he had such a big reach, but he like met a lot to a lot of people, you know, and. I think that's what makes me comfortable, yeah. you know, and happy about it all is that not one negative thing you can say about Reggie. Like not he, one. He embraced Never. everyone. Not one. Never. You know, I I don't remember him being ever in a bad mood. Like he'll be annoyed at stuff and express himself or like, you mm-hmm. know, he'll make those kind of things, but he'll always have great energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to just be that type of person is amazing yeah you know he, he he was so opinionated but he never spoke ill about anyone yeah, exactly ever. 
And even if he was in a mood where he spoke ill about anything, like his opinion, it, it's just like a moment. It's yeah. like, and then he snaps back to like, so what are we yeah. doing? Like, what's up? You know, and, and that's so inspiring, you know, to me because you have to embrace everyone, you know, and yeah. he embraced everyone no matter what yeah. you did, you know, what yeah. generation you came from. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why his legacy is going to continue, you know, because oh, yeah. he taught people a lot of things without even sometimes trying to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's true. Glam, have you had any interactions with combat at all? No, never met him. Never met him? Never got to meet him. I just uh, was aware of who he was and yeah. um, got invited to the party, like maybe the, the holiday party that mm-hmm. we have, but I didn't get to make it. I was sick. So any any opportunity for some reason, one way or another, I always mm-hmm. missed him. But yeah. Yeah, I saw like a lot of people posting, and a lot of people are just like really affected. And like, um, he has a lot of love. And, um, I remember I was like I remember we were talking in the thread Mm -hmm. about it and I was just like what she said just how like it's so crazy how fast like just somebody like being cool all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they're not cool and then they're just gone just Just shows you you know just continue to appreciate life and like definitely my condolences to his family yeah and we have to like you know it just keeps teaching us you know person after person that we just have to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and each other you know we have to like uplift each other and you know be strong for each other you know everything from mental health to you know emotional and and physical like we have to make sure we're good yeah absolutely i mean and reggie was young too and and that's not the first or last story you know Mm -hmm. in that sense so we just have so like you said like you know be grateful for life you know no matter how hard it is and just connect with people yeah i agree know, i agree and give back i agree you know well you know combat jack is definitely a um an angel you know watching over all of us you know and and we talk about legacy a lot on this show and he's definitely have, has left an amazing amazing legacy and some beautiful children and 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 wonderful family and we're gonna celebrate combat jack from here on out you know forever you know every year i feel like they should rename a street right. <laughs> no, combat ass. jack you yeah, know like brooklyn, in brooklyn somewhere in brooklyn maybe like on the street someone put that on. into play like or like we, the we park to... across the street from his old house yep. in brooklyn maybe like a little section of the park can be like the combat jack combat jack way you know playground yeah how sick would that be the combat jack way yeah, yeah. the combat i saw jack a story way. um combat jack when he used to sneak out of his house when he mm-hmm. lived with his mom and they lived on the second floor yep and like right above the doorway you know like the front door to get into the house was it was his, his room window right and he used to climb out like in the middle of the night kind of like hang over the edge and, and fall down like onto the street and they would have when they would have the jams in the park you know where like the djs would plug into like the 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 uh lamp pole or whatever oh, yeah. the, the outlet and they'd have they'd have the jams and he was a kid and, and he used to like sneak out. Yeah. And one day he, he snuck out and he, he, you know, he closed his window. And when he came back, he noticed his window was locked. Right. Hmm. So that means his moms had known that he had left wow. in the middle of the night. So um, he ended up. I f- he ended up getting back in and he said the next morning his mom came and whipped his ass but crazy but anyway <laughs> but the whole point of like what you were saying uh, that would be great if they did something like a street or maybe the park across the street from where yeah. he grew up and, and you know and he used to tell his stories with his friends like man I want to be in the music business and like yeah. I don't really know how and then he found out like his uncle I believe or his cousin 
knew someone over at Def Jam or got or whatever. So he would call his family member or whoever it was like every single day. Yep. Every single day. And finally, the guy was like, all right, come in. And then maybe he started interning or something. Boom. And that's and that's how he yeah, started in the music business. That's so. how it started. Crazy. So many stories, man. But um, shout, shout to uh, shout to the family of Combat Jack, yeah. man. You will be missed. Yeah. And uh, your legacy will continue. That's yeah, great. That's Speaking of like shout that. out, mm. um, I want to give a shout out to uh, the clothing brand, uh, Silent Loud. Yeah, Silent Loud. Oh, excuse me, Loud Silence. Loud I'm Silence. Sorry, Loud I'm Silence. Dyslexic. Loud Silence uh, cl- clothing. It's L O U D Silence L I. S-I-L-E-N-C-E Clothing C-L-O On social media They sent us some cool gear For cool. everybody show here Show camera Can you yeah, open show that them, up? Glam. Show, show them I'm actually wearing one of the shirts silence. Oh that one's fresh Right now Shout to Loud Silence Loud man. Silence Appreciate you man So go yeah. follow him on social media Loud Silence C-L-O yeah, I like that uh, he's also a producer, and it was cool because when the when the when the gear came in, it came in like a bag that looked like a, like an MPC. Oh, that's fresh! Did you bring it? No, it was, a, it was it. like a plastic. Oh, plastic you know, bag. you had to rip it to to get to the clothing. Nice, but man. but it was pretty dope. It was loud pretty dope. silence. That's what's up, man. Shout to you guys, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, man, what a what a crazy crazy year. Like I said, crazy week. We have a really amazing special guest today, actually. Oh, um, uh, and you know, shout first of all, shout to Taz Taylor for our last episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of you guys really enjoyed that one. Um, you know, again, bridging the segregation between internet producer and industry producer, and then all the people in between. Yeah, there's so many blurry lines. And you know, one thing that I'm going to own up to because I always, I really have. Very strong opinion about I'm, I'm both. I'm mad I missed that yeah. one. To be honest with yeah. you, I was like but the let, one let, I really wanted to be. You can speak your piece about it, but yeah. uh, today, but mm-hmm. you know, what what I'm realizing is, you know, I started off really being anti, super hard on, on anti the, uh, internet thing. Yeah. internet producer, yeah, yeah. and to a certain extent, I I personally am still in terms of like w- what I would do, but. I am discovering for myself that there's a much more blurry line in between and there really is no like pick a side you know it's really Mm -hmm. just there's so many people out there that really are just that just want to be successful and Mm -hmm. you know they're they're doing the internet hustle they're making money they're selling to indie rappers but then they're also pursuing major placements and and getting their own artist shit off so I respect all of it and I think that us having a platform here and and having a, a, an influence on the community i think i think the the dialogue should change a little bit and i, I think we should really just approach this and 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 look at it kind of like a a, a coming together of both communities mm-hmm. i think that's important and shout to taz for really shedding light on that because i think taz is a good example of someone who is definitely playing both sides of the fence and that's an inspiration to a lot of people and so taz is a really good guy to look up to in terms of getting your hustle on and really breaking through like that you know what what, what was your I opinion think, on I it think, well the one thing that's still i don't want to it kind of i guess irks me mm-hmm. if there's the only word i can really think of is mm-hmm. is only when i hear him say that he doesn't really care how the beat turns out and like right. I really don't care where it goes or what it you know what I mean? So that kinda like irritates me a little bit. Again, no disrespect. I think totally. the guys I, I respect the fuck out of this guy. So um 
But, you know, I think also, too, I'm a little bit older than these guys. And, like, so that separation of, like, technology and Internet and, like, that whole thing. Like, yeah, when I came up, I saw the Internet, like, actually happen. It wasn't, you know what I mean? And, like, things were different. People moved differently. Like, you had to be in the studios and you had to rub elbows with the artist and you had to see him face to face. And, you know, the dad tapes and, like, you had to actually go where now with social media and Internet and uh you know you can be home and you can never go out and you can never see anybody and you can literally just make beats all day and put them on your own website and and sell them so i you know i respect that and i'm still for that but i i still me i i kind of like a little bit more of the in-person organic Mm -hmm. you know seeing it from the beginning until the end yep kind of thing you know what i mean i mean what do you yeah, what do you girls I mean, think i what agree think? i mean i just feel like it's a thing where people um it comes from perspective and like different walks of life where like this guy had nothing else going for him or he felt he had nothing else going True. for him where he found something to do he found something that worked for him where like you know there's friends that i have that don't like listen to music as deep as i do mm-hmm. or or listen for the same reasons as i do where mm-hmm. they can listen to a song normal and i can't because for whatever mm-hmm. reason i'm a producer or artist or whatever but that's like my own shit and i feel like it's all perspective for him or other people like him who see the business part some people rather focus on the business aspect yeah. he found a hobby it worked for him so i can understand him not caring but i kind of knew when he said that, that that was going to be something where it was like, uh, that's where, that's the line, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And, where he, and he has no shame. Like, he doesn't, no, 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 he no. says it flat out, yeah, like, no. yo, I don't care. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I respect yeah. it too. And I, I understand yeah. um, where he's also coming from. It's just for people who are really creative, who really don't see the, some people don't believe in, you know, there's nothing wrong with the microwave, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there is. Right. right. You know, some people prefer prefer oven. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so it's like some, there's it's other people. Point. It's yeah. microwave people. It's not to say he's a microwave yeah. person, but his, his ideal or like his idea towards like his mindset towards the business is like, man, if he's getting money. Yeah. You yeah. know, he had That's a good way else. to look like, at it's it. It's just yeah. like, I can understand that, but it's the other part where it's like, man, you're viewing it as like th- you're putting a piece of art, you know right. what I'm saying, into the world right. and you don't even care. But also, you also got to be realistic for a person who is doing the business. He can't care yeah. mm-hmm. if it's going to be good because right. there's always going to be a rapper. There's always going to be yeah. someone who wants to rap. There's always going to be someone watching other people's like, oh, I want to try this too. Yep. What I'm going to do, oh, I'll spend $35, $40 mm-hmm. on a beat. Why not me be that person? Somebody else is going to be right. that person. Yeah. So I to, I totally get it, but for me personally, I don't even have the capacity to mass produce that way or like yeah. com, com, you know make beats that right consistent. If he got man, yeah. Shit, if, if your if too. your work ethic and your yeah. brain is yeah, wired that's, that's, to do that's that, that's craft. You know what sense. I'm saying? You know you that gotta respect craft. it. And, and listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna own up to it. Like I was fucking not even low key. I was high key hating on it. <laughs> like yo, you got for like this that X Y Z, but like. And looking back in hindsight like i gotta respect it mm-hmm. like I think get it, it how you can i think it does depend on perspective like i agree with um glam's <clears throat> point of view but i think it also depends on you know um 
yeah experiences right. as well because like i think we can all vouch that we've you know we talk a lot about networking and in-person meeting that's kind of how we came up in the game yep. right like we did our work and our googles mm. we did oh, our yeah. googles mm. at home oh, yeah. and did our shit at home but you know at, at one point we reached a point <clears throat> where we were out networking we were shaking mm -hmm. hands we did build these relationships although there are still more relationships to build we know the value of that you know and yep. we have a different mentality of where we want to take that mixed with our craft versus you know a lot of people are used to just being in their room and yep. succeeding to what they consider success like just generating revenue you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i think it all depends on that too you know what i mean because a lot of people have made it without have made like you know because everyone obviously we're all creatives we we make art for art but you know there's also the business behind it yep. you know so everyone's making money some way somehow so for some people that's more important because that's how they're surviving that's what they're used to mm -hmm. they're not used to building their relationships they're mm -hmm. used to working getting my money and doing what i love and i'm winning and that's it you know so it, i think it all depends on that too you know what you're used to and what you're used to also kind of determines sometimes the bigger picture right yeah because again we see the value in networking going to these events staying mm -hmm. out late night you know exchanging phone numbers following up building relationships plus our work ethic yep you know mm -hmm. everyone's not used to that yeah. so. exactly and yeah. also i do like to say he did also mention he really did kick in because his mom had cancer. Yeah, mm. I didn't know that. So, so he funded. Mom, he, he funded, funded medical bills. her treatment. Really? Yeah, he that. funded her treatment. Wow. So it's yeah. like he had a kid Kudos too. To him for doing wow. So it's like when I when he said that, I, that's when it clicked for me too yeah. as well. Like, all right, there's that a makes business. you. That's just gonna make you go extra hard. Yeah, yeah it's gonna make hard. you go extra yeah. hard. I would go extra hard for my mom and yep. my kid and my yeah. my, Hell yeah. my people. So and imagine like, imagine all of the thousands of stories that every everyone's got their own story about. Like drugs, do man. Yeah. Like there's drug dealers in the streets, and yep. if you drug kill the drug, you kill the kingpin. It's gonna be another kingpin that yep. that has that drug. You're just gonna yeah. get it somewhere else. So yeah. you true. shit, I might as well get that dollar. So I mean, like I, I definitely respect. That's it, true, so. man. So yo, shout, shout to all of our internet producers. Yeah. Shout to all of our industry yeah. producers. Shout to all the producers in between. Starting that don't out. give a fuck. Yeah. Just starting out and trying to find yourself. Like find yourself man mm -hmm. like try some different approaches you know like you, you you'll never know what you might like you know you might really fuck with the internet producer thing mm -hmm. and, and genuinely enjoy you know selling beats volume hustle on youtube mm -hmm. do it and and if if you love that man don't let yeah. anyone stop you because wasn't you know? menace the internet is it yeah, menace, menace, technically? Absolutely. menace the same thing so absolutely. i mean like yeah. it, it has its it has its payoffs mm -hmm. where eventually yeah. if someone's searching for a beat can make it make it pop designer yeah. just made that beat that beat would have just been a good it's beat so man, they, both of them that beats would have just been a good beat yeah man. it would have been a really good beat just floating around on the internet yo menace, scoop that up menace and designer put they each should other do more on. they put shit each together. other on. yeah they, they should really do more did, shit together man. they yeah. should they should yo um, oh yeah. not to change the subject no please what'd you guys think about the eminem album Oh, I haven't okay. listened yet. I've okay. heard about yeah, it. Right. I'm going to keep mine yeah, short real quick. It, yeah. Let me just I say something. To it. I I didn't listen to it thoroughly. Okay. I his his rap, he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I can't give a fair thing on it because I didn't listen to it a a through z. Yeah. Okay. 
you know some of the beats were uh, you know yeah. like for me personally yeah um and and that's no not i respect every single contributor producer on there mm-hmm. look look up to a lot of those guys but um i just it as an end is. product yeah just I, you know i listen here's the thing eminem to me like he's like my top five maybe even Absolutely. like top three you know what i mean for me and I listened to the. I heard the rumblings about how everyone was like, eh, "It's them yep. and them." So you know, I downloaded it. I sat. Listen, I listened to that thing twice, just front to back, in case I missed anything. And um, how I feel, honestly, is Eminem. As far as the rap, like him rapping, I enjoyed that. Like yeah. he was really saying some shit, and he's really like, it's M. Like the guy can always rap. I. As far as the does Dre is Dre still like doing beats with him? Are they still like doing stuff together? Because I, I feel like on this, I feel like I don't think it was Dre missing. is doing beats right now. That's what I'm saying. Because I feel like on this project, I didn't look who the producers were. I think um, out like, no, it's, like I can't production. I can't quote production was cool, but I, all right. Is M- it like Eminem, Super Top Forty? Because Emin- I haven't heard it. No. Yeah, I need to listen. To listen, it. Eminem. Eminem is did a song with Beyonce, the Walk on Water joint, yep. right? Ah. Uh. Now, for me, I'd like to hear some drums on there. Right. I want it to be a little more like, it's like very mellow and calm and like, okay. there's no drum programming really on it and it's mm. very open and it's like, I think M is really like rap, like the raps, I was in, I'm like, yo, I'm saying some shit, but as far as like songs, like a cool chorus and like the pre-chorus and you everything, like production. Overall, product, overall yeah. it was lacking a little bit. Mm. I'm not, I don't think it's as bad as like people were like really yeah. trying to shit on it. Yeah, I didn't see any, I had, I'm not gonna lie, but I didn't what, see, I saw a lot of people knocking it. Yeah, but when I listened like, to it, I, I actually, I liked it. I thought yeah. there was a couple of things in my, and this is M, M can do whatever the hell he right. wants. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he will forever be a legend, but like I feel like, Ill, I agree with you, uh, like, production was lacking a little bit. You know what I mean? And, like, it's not that the beats were bad. Yeah, it's not that they were bad. But I think it was just the combination of this style of beat with this style of rap and this yeah. type of song arrangement. My favorite song on there is the one with Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that record. Mm-hmm. I think that record is actually very, very mm-hmm. dope. And there's, like, another, there's a couple of other ones on there I really like, but... Yeah. I definitely feel like the production, the, just the overall songwriting production, like bringing it together, I don't know, was lacking a little bit for right. me. And that kills me to say that because I'm a huge right. M. Like M's up there with me with like Big and J yeah. and like mm-hmm. M, you know, like yeah. he's there. So he's still one of the greats. That much okay. you can say. Okay. And again, not to change the subject again, but are you guys familiar with Lil, with Lil, Lil Zan? Yeah, Lil, Lil Zan. Zan. I've heard. Yeah. Lil Zan, like yeah. Xanax, mm-hmm. Lil yeah. Zan, who was like all about Xanax, but now he's like on the anti-Xan. He's anti, yeah. And he's like not about that. Nope. What's that about, though? How are you all about it and then anti? Especially when you have like, tattoos on and his face. Yeah. And his Zan. name is Lil Zan, right. I just um, think I he's, think, no, what yeah. happened was, I'm going to tell you, is when Lil, Lil Peep, Peep. Yeah, when Lil, Lil Peep, Peep died, died, it kind of woke him up a little yeah. bit. And he was like, yo, what the F am I Listen, doing? But also, too, Lil Zan... Like when he goes on the road and he tours around, he's with his dad. Mm. Little Zan is actually Mexican. He yeah. looks like a white boy, but right. he's actually Mexican. Yeah. And I went. I was like, you know what? Let me, let me, because my young homie's like fourteen, mm-hmm. fifteen, like young, 
people that I know were like, yo, you got to check out this little Zan guy. Not my homies. I don't hang out with them. Right. Like, that sounds like, <laughs> yeah. 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 But, they were, but you know, I talked to like, um, I talked to them a lot. Yeah, they were you, like, yo, you, you got to check out Lil Zan, <laughs> Lil Peep, um, Lil Young Perp, whatever his name yeah. is, Lil Perp. So I checked them all out. But Perp, I got I to say, though, Sam Pump. I got to say, though, Lil Zan, that motherfucking little kid can rap, bro. Yeah, he can. He's got melodies. He yeah. could rap. I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I was impressed. I was like, this is mm. gonna be whack. And then I heard it, and I think he has a song. It's called Betrayed, and uh, the other one's called Xanarchy. Look those mm. up on YouTube. Oh wow, yeah, Xanarchy. Okay, that's, a, that's worth it. Yeah, but oh. when you go and you check it, like you, I think the four of us here will you listen to it and be like, oh wow, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Like the right. little kid could spit. He's very clear mm. when he spits. He's got melody. He's got like little punch line. Like I was yeah. impressed. So only little I really like right now is Uzi. Uzi. Yeah, Uzi's yeah. melodies are crazy. Uzi is my guy. Uzi's winning right now. Uzi I is love amazing. What he's doing. I, yeah, I, I respect Yachty what Yachty's too. doing, but for me, my I like preference, Yachty. like, I like Yachty, but, like, I just. Yeah, I think, I, there's something about Uzi that really, like, exudes artistry. Like, yeah. I look, yeah. I see him and really see, like, a rock star. He's a yeah. rock star. Yeah, that's what I was like, going to really say. See I, him. Like, I'm like, he's he believable like a, in his. I believe him. Yeah. 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 Something else believes in him too. Line <laughs> <laughs> opener that dropped. Yeah. Oh, but um, yeah, I totally yeah. believe him. Like I believe, like I like his his mixtape. I like, like, yeah. I like his album. Like, Is he straight out right now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You said yeah. He might be with I think he might he's, be bi. I think he's he, bi. I think he is. Yeah. I'll be honest. Listen, when he does that little that thing he does, and, and he does that thing, his shoulder thing. I, I don't mean, know. And if you like see the way he, we'll I don't see. know. Gotta, I mean, it is the way season. It is the either season. Either way, it's all I mean, love. Like, I wouldn't. I don't think so. I mean, the song, the song about that girl, like the main song that he has out right now, is about that girl. Like, yeah, I he's think really he's just like mega rock star. I think he's really yeah. like Prince. Like Prince. I think he's like very that. comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think he's a modern day rock like. Rock starish hip hop young because okay. Prince yes. had bitches. Listen, oh, I'm gonna call yeah. it now. I'm gonna call did. it now. Uzi's gonna be around for a long time. Yeah, yes, I like, think gonna be like, around for a long like time. Like what Glam said, like there's an artistry behind him. Like it's mm-hmm. not a gimmick. Yep, and it fits him. Like yep. you know the way he wears his chain and even him right. being fashionable. Like right. his being expression, feminine, like, it's just like his you. vibe. Yeah. Like you know, I I've been seeing videos of him just like. The other day he was riding his four wheeler, whatever. He ran up to a couple, a bunch of kids and yeah. like on a school, school bus. bus. Yeah. Yeah, so you know that. what I mean? Those kind of things, like. Yeah. And, nope. and that's really him doing it, right? Yep. Like yeah. he's excited to do it. That's his vibe, like his energy. Yep. You know what yeah. I thought was a brilliant marketing ploy that he did? I don't even know if this was on purpose or mm-hmm. it was just like a thing that he started and it just kept growing and growing and growing. Is when he would like. In his concerts, like pop in the, pop out in the crowd and run through the crowd, and then you see like a thousand kids trying to chase down Uzi, and he's yeah. like running and he's like jumping over the fence and like. No, he just does that. He I just think does that. that? Just I, 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 I that love festival. it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I actually I think, thought that I was think, really I cool. Uzi is 100 himself. I think oh, that's yeah, so for sure. freaking cool. That's what makes him so amazing. Yeah. I love that. And then the first of all, it looks great on video. Yeah. And then you're just like exciting your fans who are there. It's like, oh, Uzi, and they're Man. gonna go chase you, and it just builds up this like be momentum. Yeah. I'd be scared. I would be scared. They'll kill them. I don't want to be chased. No, like fans are crazy like that. They won't mean to kill you, but they'll just like. What happens when they get to you? That's the. I always think about that. I'm like, what happens if they get to them? Like. Mm-hmm. Who's mauled, who knows? mauled by love? Like, but Uzi, <laughs> Uzi is a mega star, man. Oh, yeah. no, I'm, I love I'm so looking him. forward to, to his him. shit, man. I think 2018 is going to be a really interesting year for yeah, music. A lot of cool shit 
He's just getting started, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Drake's gonna do next. Well, he's working, right? I he's, can't he's, wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna he's gonna come with something. I next feel like year. he's gonna put out a jazz album or something. I'm waiting for. <laughs> like what are you different. waiting for? I'm waiting for a new Nicki Minaj. Me too. Nice. New Drake. Hey. Big Sean. Hey. Kanye West. Yes. Kanye's gonna. Come. Kanye's gonna come with Let some me shit. Think. Let me think. Kanye's gonna come with some shit. Travis Scott. I'm. I am excited mm-hmm. for that. Do you have something on that? Yeah, I got a couple joints on that. Huncho uh, Jack shit. Yeah, I. I like. I like that combination. Yeah, it's gonna be a good album. That Mediterranean track on yeah. um, "Control the Streets." Yeah. That volume one. Is they got a good chemistry. Yeah. yeah. But go get that Huncho Jack album. Uh, it's out right now. If you're listening to this, um, I produce Saint and Huncho Jack with Murder Beats. Uh, speaking of murder, we gonna get him soon. Yeah, what to say? We'll get Word. him. We'll get him uh, on the show. I want to do that in person. We gotta fly. We should go to where, Toronto. We gotta go where, but he, he just be flying. Yeah. He's, he's never in Toronto. Like he's always around. Um, he might as well get his American citizenship because that motherfucker is always in LA and New York and he's always in the States working. But um, uh, speaking of someone from the States, we have a great special guest who is American. <laughs> he goes by the name great of Matt. Money making Matt. Money making Matt. Um, man, I've known this guy for a long time. Uh, he is an ANR for Dreamville Records. That's, you know, J. Cole's shit. Shout to Ibrahim, shout to Kaz. Baz, uh, Omen, the whole Dreamville crew. So we're going to talk to my man, Matt, uh, the A&R for Dreamville. And he's also a manager as well. Yep. Um, he manages Cardiac mm-hmm. and I think a few other people. So mm-hmm. he's got his his foot in a couple different arenas. Um, you know, he's got a, a, a really big uh, pu- pub music publishing background. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met him. I met him when he was over at Universal Music Publishing and... Uh, He's just a very knowledgeable guy. Anytime I do a past the aux session in LA, he's always pulling up um, to talk to the peeps. So uh, let's talk to uh, the homie, Matt. Let's go. All right, we're here with the man, the myth, the legend, the man himself, my man, Money Making Matt. Money Making Matt. Let's give a round of applause. What's, what's up, going man? on? That was appreciate up. y'all for having me. Nah, man, Matt, thank you, man, for doing this. Um, shout to shout to Matt. He's on the line right now. Um, we, we just gave you an epic intro. Um, I, man, you're you're just like a man of many trades. <laughs> I, you know, I we say he's a, he's a, he's a manager. He is uh, A&R. a and an A and R. You know, Dreamville Records. Um, but you know, me and you met. Uh, when you were doing publishing over at Universal Music Publishing. So you have this like wealth of knowledge, man. And like all the conversations that that we've had um, have been so like intellectual because you just have so much uh, insight on this shit. So, you know, as you know, um, most of our listeners here on Blab Chat are music creators, a lot of producers, a lot of artists. So um, first of all, you know, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So um, I want to kind of start, Matt, by, um, you know, I, I know this kind of could be uncomfortable for some people, but why don't you run down a little list of some of your favorite um, accomplishments over the years, <laughs> just so people can get hip to who Money Making um, Matt is. My favorite accomplishments over the years, I would say one, obviously, like you said, you met me when I was working in publishing, so... I was hired by Universal Publishing to be like an associate creative director when I was 24. Wow. Um, so to me, that was kind of like a big deal. I thought I was pretty young to be 
kind of given that responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and in that, I was able to sign people like Big Sean and Cardiac and Arab Music. Um, and so all of those people and, and their success, I always feel like, you know, I'm a small part of it as well. Um, and just seeing them climb and climb, that's always awesome for me. Um, second on that list would have to be, um, you know, being, you know, just a manager and, you know, being associated with acts like Chasing Cash and Willie Cardiac. Um, so that always is, you know, because management for me is kind of like where I came from. I was a manager before I was a publisher. Um, so that has always been like my back to what I've been able to do in the industry. Um, and then the Dreamville stuff would obviously be the next thing for me. Um, and that just comes from my college relationship that I had with Cole where we met. Um, and we weren't like best of friends in the world, but we were able to figure out, you know, where our common bond laid and that was in music. And we were able to like build off that and we became really good friends. We were able to help each other. Um, and through that, I've been able to find an artist named Kaz who is on his way to being a star himself. So, you know, that all encompasses i can't like it's hard for me to like specify like yo that's my favorite that's my favorite because they're all like different moments that are all kind of like attached through different things so it's kind of like hard for me to pick and choose like all of my clients like i, I treat them all equally i try to at least hey Love matt it. hey matt this is atlas i have two questions for you um yes, from what you just said How'd you meet, like, how'd you actually meet J. Cole in school? Like, your first interaction, did you guys have classes together? And my second question is, how'd you find Kaz? Was it through submissions? Were you at a show? Did your homies kind of fill you in? So I'm just, I'd love to hear those two stories. So with, with Cole, um, my first interaction with Cole was actually during uh, I think it was orientation. We were we had the same orientation group. So orientation is like you take a week, not even a week, a weekend in like July, and you go out to the campus. You spend the night in the dorms with your mom. It's for all of the incoming freshmen. <laughs> well, it was your parent. For me, it was my mom. Um, and, you know, you just kind of like, you learn the campus. You learn a little bit about, you know, what life is like, and then you're also spending a weekend in New York. Um, so that was my first interaction with him. Once it got down to being like in school, we kind of had separate groups of friends. Um, so we weren't really like hanging out a lot. Uh, we lived in separate dorms even. And, you know, we, but there was like a common respect where we just, we would see each other, we would say what's up. Uh, we played like intramural basketball against each other. Um, mm. Little shit like that. But like the music connection didn't really come until after school, really, until he had graduated and I had left St. John's. And I was actually in recording school at the time, and I had like found his MySpace page where he had some beats up and he had some like raps up. Mm. And I just remembered him rapping at like different open mic events that we had had on campus. And it was like, damn, I didn't know he was really taking this this seriously. And so it was just like a quick little MySpace message where it was like, yo, I see what you're doing, you know what I mean? Keep going, and I'm you know, just letting them know I'm doing the same thing. And I don't even think there was an initial connection from that. The real like connection came when um, he had put his project out, the um, the come up, his first mixtape, and I loved it. And I was playing it just all the time. And there was a girl that I was like talking to at the time who had gone to Loyola Marymount University, and 
she was doing like a show on campus and they had like a $1,500 budget to get an artist to come out. And she was like, yo, that guy that you're always playing, you think he'll take this money to come out here and do this <laughs> show? And I was like, shit, why wouldn't he? So I, so I just called him. And him, Eve, and Adam came out, excuse me, and oh. they came out to L.A. for the first show. That was like his first show outside of New York and the first paid show for sure. Wow. Um, wow. And they kind of like just spanned from that. We just always kept in contact after that and just knowing, you know, just trying to stay involved with what each other was doing, how we could help each other. I'm sure that wow. was, I'm, this is perfection, by the way. I'm sure that was like, something you know memorable for you like one of your moments because yeah. you know you kind of helped you know the start of that and you were there from the beginning and I think it's really interesting that a lot of you kind of share that similar story with each other in regards to meeting in college you know a lot of people you know either don't keep college relationships or people venture off to do different things but the fact that you guys came together to do something as big as what it is now it's like it's amazing and it's like kind of ironic, you know. And and the fact that yeah, you got him fifty, you got him fifteen hundred dollars, man. That's yeah. a good luck. Right. That's a really good luck. Yeah, Shit. he probably was like, I gotta, I gotta keep in contact. I don't know who, who this Matt guy is, but he gotta stay real close <laughs> yeah. to us. Yeah. He's bringing me bread. some money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, of course. But I think one thing about our college class, our college class is like really special. Like besides me and Cole being there, obviously Eve, who's mm -hmm. you know the biggest part of. Full success as anything else, um, and also this guy named Adam, who's just as well a part of the Dreamville management team, and specifically calls management. Um, but Vanessa Simmons went there. Um, mm. Stacy Barth, who's like an amazing songwriter and artist on Motown, I love her. she was at St. John's at the same time. <clears throat> um, there was a lot of people at St. John's that kind of like ended up doing things in the music industry. There's a Hot 97 DJ, DJ Spinfo. He used to mm -hmm. do all of our college parties, and he was a student at St. John. So it's mm -hmm. like kind of like funny seeing all of this and mm -hmm. seeing everybody that like went to school with us like somehow doing something within the music industry. That's so amazing. That's Fire. so amazing. St. John's. I like. Wow. Here's a. Here, Go I got an even crazier story. Remember when Puffy had a show where it was like I want to intern for Puffy Puff Daddy or yeah. something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, The kid Mike Barber who won. He went to St. John's. That's how kind of crazy it was. We're just like literally everybody from like the 2003 to 2006 class of St. John's, everybody wanted to work in entertainment and somehow crazy. did it. Crazy. Wow. And what about Kaz? How, like, how do you, how'd that happen? Yeah. Kaz. Okay. So I found Kaz during like a crazy moment in my life where I had gotten fired from Universal Publishing and, uh, Space Infinite, who's Asap Rocky's manager, he was opening up a store in LA. And this is like the spring of 2000, not the spring, the winter of 2013 going into 2014. So I got nothing to do anymore. And I got this severance pay. So I'm just kind of like chilling, spending money on a bunch of dumb stuff. And I was just like, yo, I need somewhere to just be and get out of my house. So I was like, Chase, let me just run the shop, like, just so I can just be there during the day and I can take meetings and stuff, because I knew it wasn't like I was working at Macy's or no shit like that. It's like a boutique store. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, there's a bunch of people coming in and out of there. Like, you can be there any random day, and most deaf might come by to meet with Chase, or Wood Harris might come in, 
Like it's it's just it's the most random stuff, but it's a good place to be in. Like super good energy. If you ever in LA, go to Passport PHC. This is my quick little ass for them. Um, so I was running that store and literally just on on Smash one day, and a video came, Dreams, and I looked at it was like a street sign like in the the clip like icon, and I was looking at it and it looked like the LA street corner. So me and Chase are just watching videos on on Smash, so I just clicked it. And me and him are both watching it. The first thing that grabbed me about the song, it was it was the song Dreams. And the first thing that grabbed me was the beat. Like the beat was just like, that's the first thing that grabs me about anything I'm listening to is the beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that instantly got me. So I just kept watching the video because I couldn't even find the song anywhere else other than YouTube. So I kept watching the video and I was like, yo, this shit is really good. And like the mm-hmm. song is good, his voice is good. I, I'm just like trying to find more music on him and there was nothing. So I eventually, my internet investigation, I find like his Twitter and I find his producer's Twitter meet. So I hit both of them up um, and we meet up and we're just having a conversation and they a couple more songs, not everything, but I think they played me like two more songs. And I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm down. Like I love the music. Who's it that you want to meet? You know what I mean? Like, let me help you put this in front of some people. And the first person they told me was Drake. And I just mm-hmm. was like, I just laughed. And I was like, you know, that's a friend of mine, but I don't know where in the world he is to even get him to pay attention to, to something right now. Um, and we're not that good of friends. You know, we're friends, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can just pitch an artist to Drake right away. Um, and so the next person there was like, well, shit, Cole or somebody like that. And I was just like, well, it happens to be that Cole's working on his album and he's here in LA this summer or this, it was a spring at that time and it was like okay well let me take it to him and um, I went up I went by Cole's house like the next night and he was recording and I think he had a little bit of writer's block so he had came out and he was talking to me while I was smoking and I was just like yo let me play you something real quick before you just turn in and I was he was like alright whatever so we go in the studio I pull the video up and I wasn't playing the song thinking like, yo, sign this kid. I was just thinking like, yo, you might want to meet him, hear some of the music, maybe you guys can work together. And, you know, whatever can happen. I wasn't just thinking like immediately like, yo, you should sign this kid. And Cole heard the song, and I was like, what do you think? And he was like, shit, I want to sign him. And I was, and I was just <laughs> like shocked at that point because I'm like, I don't even have all my shit in order. Like, I haven't told this kid that I want to manage him yet. Right, right. So, yeah. So the next morning I called him and I was like, yo, Cole loved it. He wants to meet you guys. Um, and they came by the next night and it was like history. He played like all of the music from that point. And Crazy. from there it was like a done deal. Wow. I think it took like two months to get the paperwork done. But yeah, it was easy after wow. that. Wow. So a, organic. That's a great first impression. Yeah. And it's good that Shit. he took a chance. Yeah. On mm-hmm. you know such an up and coming artist like that, and mm-hmm. such a chance, right? Like for him to just hear him once and say, "I want to sign him," give him an opportunity is that's yeah. great. It doesn't happen every so often. Was Kaz yeah. uh, the first signee over there for Dream uh, for Dreamville? Mm-hmm. No, Kaz isn't the first artist, but he was kind of like the first outside artist that was officially signed. Mm-hmm. Like there nice. was. Omen was already like a part of the Dreamville family. Him and Cole got a relationship for forever. And then Boss was already signed and there was already that 
that was already set up and that was moving. But Kaz kind of came at a perfect time to where, you know, he needed something else to where it was like him noticing talent rather than it just being his friends. You know what yep. I mean? Because it's different than, like, when you're when you're running a record label, it's different than it's like, okay, I'm just putting me and my friends on and we're about to yep. run through the industry and get a bunch of money or that I'm actually out here noticing talent and seeing, like, yo, that kid is talented. I want to give him a shot and give him an opportunity. And, you know, and still put him through the boot camp and help him develop into the artist that, you know, the, the best artist that they can be. I love so it. So I think that's where the difference is because that's what he did with Kaz. That's what happened with Ari Lennox. The same thing with kind of Earth Gang mm -hmm. and, and Jid to where it was like, you know, those aren't direct next to each other connections to where it was like, you know, a friend, you know, obviously brought something to them, but it was, wasn't like, yo, these are my best friends or I've known these people for an extended period of time. It was literally cold just seeing the talent and seeing the vision that the artists have and being like, yo, I fuck with it and I want to support it. You know, same, and right. it was the same chance that Jay took on him, to be honest. So, right, exactly. So is it a thing where now, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure, you know, where J. Cole is at now in, in regards to his process of making music, if he's working on anything or looking for people, but is it a thing where now he goes to you and asks you what you're listening to or what's out there? I don't think it's, I, I don't, I can't recall a time where Cole has ever called me and been like, yo, what are you listening to? Yeah. What's out there? Who's the new hot shit? Um, I think there's just, you know, a conversation, you know, to where we're just naturally musical Organic. people to where it's like right. when, we, when we get together, yeah, it's like, yo, you heard this? This shit is dope. Check it out. You heard this? This shit is dope. Yeah. Check it out. And we're just, you know, because we want each other to, to be putting each other up on other shit. Mm -hmm. So I love I it. I think it's, it's more it's, so it's of cool. that. Like, I think that's dope that, you, you know, all these, these two, like, Tur huge turning points critical moves that you helped uh you know initiate for cole and with cole were like so organic mm -hmm. and like i feel like it's so nuts because like you know since meeting you i've i've always just like you're one of the few like you know people in in the i don't even like to call it an industry but just like someone who's in the industry who isn't industry mm -hmm. who is just That's like so <laughs> like you're just such a uh like a stand-up guy but you're also like like very everything you do just feels so organic right even down to the the people you work with and then also just like the music that you gravitate towards so like i want to switch gears a little bit and maybe you know i want to talk about you know the 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 producer hustle you know um our, our guy cardiac um you know a good friend of the show black chat alumni black chat alumni uh uh you, yes, you manage cardiac he's had a tremendous year I mean, fucking clo like closing in on 20, 20 major placements. <laughs> the guy's a fucking animal. I remember, man, Cardiac's like work ethic is just so out of this world, and I'm so happy for you guys. Um, I want to talk a little bit of, uh, about that. Like, you know, what were you, what were some of your first um, kind of like milestones that you reached with Cardiac, um, and then kind of moving forward from there? Well, with Cardiac, I met him very, very early on in his process as well. He had um, he had won a producer battle, a beat oh. battle at Red Bull? a dynamic producer oh, event. No, yeah. it was dynamic producer back in the day in wow. in New York. Wow. Um, and it was like, it was like a combination of a dynamic producer and I standard. Um, so because Hatch was judging, um, and the winner of the the winner of the battle got to go play beats for 
this this A and R skid at the time who was working at Bad Boy. Um, so Skid, who's a good friend of mine, I was just in New York at the time, and he was like, "Yo, I gotta meet this kid who won this beat battle. I want you to sit in with me." So I was like, "Okay, that's fine with me." Um, and so he comes in. I think Puff at the time was working on either Press Play or Last Train to Paris. It was mm. around that time. Oh. I forget which one it I love those exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love those albums too. Yeah. So Cardiac comes in. Cardiac is playing like the hardest New York sounding <laughs> gutter shit in the world. And I'm just like, I'm listening and I'm like, Skid, this really ain't what you need. Um, and Skid wasn't really reacting to it at the time either because Skid didn't have any rappers. He loved the music, but it was just like, there was nothing for him to be grabbing to be like, yo, I need this for this. Cause you know, he was working on mainly pop top 40 shit for Puff. Um, so I kind of messed the meeting up cause I told cardiac at the end of it, I was like, yo, you need to go find this dude named Tony G who works for G. And I didn't even know Tony at the time. I had never met Tony, but I just knew Tony was doing like, he was always active on social media as far as like getting producers to submit to him because 50 doesn't care who makes his beats. Yeah, like, that's true. He just Facts. wants he the hardest that. shit in the world. Yeah. Facts. Like, that's yeah, true, he, he, was the, he was the originator of Give Me a Blank CD because I don't care who made it. Facts. It could be some dude in his, his grandma's back room. Like, if he got some fire, I'm rapping on it. Yeah. So I was just like, yo, go find Tony. Like, because you'll, you'll fuck around and get some shit. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. He, found Tony <laughs> he fucked around and, and got, got a lot of One of the biggest stuff. records of his career. Wow. Wow. So so yeah. So then during all of, during all of that, when he like started with the the smaller like mixtape stuff before the started up record comes, that's when I was like getting hired to do the publishing. So like I would keep in contact with him, but it wasn't like on some day to day shit. Then when the started up record came, I was working at Universal by that time. So I was like, yo, I need to sign this kid because I'm part of the reason he even got that record. Yep. So I called him up one day and I was like. Yo, you know, congratulations, everything. You know, you're going to be very successful. This record is going to change your life. You want to get a publishing deal? He was like, yeah, definitely. So we we ended up getting it done. He was actually being courted by some other publishers at the time, too. So I was able to beat them out. But I, I personally don't think it was just a money thing. I think I was definitely my relationship that I have with him. Yep. And me being that I'm, I'm somebody that has, you know, guided him in the right way. Not to say that I was taking the ride with him the whole way but i told him like yo go that way and he mm-hmm. figured it out so i think me being a part of that for him made him more comfortable in signing with me um so that's when i signed him and then wow. after i left universal um you know we always kept in contact and he had kind of had some some lows in his career and he would always call me and be like yo i need your help and you know, finally this year, we kind of like really took the step and it was like, I really stepped in to take over the management for him in January. And we've kind of taken off since then. We haven't really hit the break yet. And it's kind of an amazing feeling, especially like I've managed producers for a better part of 10 years now. And this is the first time I can really feel like, oh man, this kid is really like, and that's even with Hitboy and Chase having dropped the world because with Hitboy and Chase having dropped the world, I don't feel like I was a part of that. You know, right. like I felt like those were my brothers that brought me in because they fucked with me, and they were like, "Yo, you can come be a part of this." But Hitboy and Chase were already gone. Mm-hmm. You know, they had had their hits; they had been a part of Polo and his success. So it was like I was kind of just like brought along the ride with when 
I was doing a lot of the surf club stuff early on. Yeah. So this is the first time that I could feel like, yo, I've really been a part of this and building this kid from the moment I met him when he was 21 or 22 to now him being close to 30 and him really being like, you know, almost at the height of his career. But it's mm-hmm. funny because I don't see him stopping. You know, no. yeah. like this kid's work ethic is, is too gonna, much. Like I, That's what I was going to say, too, is like it's, it's not only the beginning, but it's the beginning of something, you mm-hmm. know, bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's always great to, like right. you said, be a part of that progress and see the, the progress for almost like 10 years. You know, it, you can see the beginning and, and what it is now. And it's always a great feeling, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. And like when you look right. at Cardiac's um, track record and just the moves he's made, you know, listening to you back then and then taking that leap and saying, you know, what, let me hit Tony G up mm-hmm. and let me let me see if I can get in with G unit. And then he produces Started Up, which was, you know, right. uh, Banks's biggest record, mm-hmm. maybe still to this day. Right. Or one of the biggest. To this day, it is. Um, I was Banks's publisher. That's his biggest that's record. His biggest record yeah. Wow. Trust me. You know, and so that was, again, turning point for Cardiac and just the work ethic, man. You know, the work ethic is is just, you know, the reason, you know, um, why I think you guys have been, you know, so successful, especially recently. So, like. You know, obviously, a big question on this podcast from a lot of our listeners is just like it's a placement thing. It's like how do I, how do I really, really like break in there? And like when I try to dissect you and Cardiac's kind of um, formula and your moves, is really just like a lot of it is most of it is really just so organic, right? So like, right, you know, really what, yeah. So like, you know, Matt, what what would be kind of like your piece of advice to an upcoming producer who has the ammunition like cardiac had the ammunition you know the beats were hard and the beats are so crazy um what are what are some some things you could you would recommend for that producer to do to really you know kick, kick you know jump start and, and and kick the door in and try to get break into the industry well one i would say like the first thing you got to really do is like develop a sound and a style that mm-hmm. is like unique to you and yourself mm-hmm. and it's not to say that it like it can be trapped but you know make it your own or if it's some new york boom bap shit just do it but make it your own to where when somebody hears it like i can i can tell an alchemist beat from a jake one beat you know Mm -hmm. so it's like when somebody hears it like you can say oh that sounds like some al shit or that sounds like some shit jake would do or that sounds like some shit ill mind would do like there's still a difference even though you guys can still fit and be on the same album together Mm -hmm. you know so i would say that is the first thing and then once you do that develop another one you know, like you got to have more than one. You can't just be stuck in one sound. Right. Um, and then after that, just you got to build a catalog because you can't like you're only as good as your last one. So like that's the great thing about Cardiac is I'm always confident sending him in a room because I know he has hundreds, if not thousands, yeah. of beats to where it's like like I know somebody's gonna find something there. You know, it's not just somebody coming to play and it's like, oh well, I got like ten beats to play. And even if though, you allow him, he'll play you beats all night. And he'll make one. <laughs> he'll make like, one too. Yeah, 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 he's that. Yeah. He's so creative that he can make one. So regardless, mm-hmm. you're confident no, that he can absolutely. deliver it no matter how. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what what kind of room you put him in, whether it's okay, create right here with this writer or with this artist. Or just you know go in and play beats. He's he's confident that he has you know enough material to go through to to land something, and I think that's a big part of it is you know just being confident and developing your own sound and, and being confident that you have what people want. You know, yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to that because 
I remember the first time I met Mike Will, and he was just the most confident person in the world, and not on some like ego shit. But it was just like if you listen to him, it makes sense. And if it's like, man, if he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do, this shit really might work. And then it, half the time, not even more than half yeah. the time, like ninety five percent of the time, that shit works. Confidence, just so, like that. The Rob Markman it, interview it, we had mm-hmm. when Rob was talking about a couple things with a couple stories with Mike. Yeah, Will. people want to if. If if I think you're questionable about it, then I'm gonna be questionable about it from the jump. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to be confident in it if I can't say that you're hundred percent confident in it. So and that's just from an executive standpoint, looking at an artist or a producer, if you're coming to me and you're saying like, yo, this is what I wanna do. Like if you're not hundred percent confident in it and you're iffy when I'm asking you certain questions in response, then it's gonna be like, Well shit, I don't know if you can really execute that. Mm, when yeah. you talk to certain people like Mike, or if you talk, or if you ask Cardiac, yo, you got some beats for this person? Yep, I got him. Cardiac's funny minutes, though, because he he plays he plays it low key. I, I was gonna say He's that. He's an asshole, I, man. No, I was I, gonna I, say that. <laughs> it's funny because when we were in L.A., um, is that Dre's? I, that, I, well, that was one yeah. on one day we were at Dre's studio, and obviously Cardi was there, and he was playing some ridiculous fire. By the way, guys, we we're talking about Dr. Dre. By right, way. Dr. Dre. Yeah, <laughs> and we were at, we were at Dre's studio, and. Um, and Cardi was and uh, Cardiac was there, and he was just playing some ridiculous fire. But the next day or that week, we had the studio um, by Tony Spot. Remember yep. though? And Cardiac came by, and we had you know a little like young producers there, and and he was the most Cardiac was the hum most humblest, most nicest, like soft spoken. Like yeah. like if you did if he didn't speak, you wouldn't even know he was there. But when he hit that space bar. Yeah. Oh my god! The thing about right. Cardiac is that, <laughs> oh like, god. he's he's really truly humble to the core and low key. Everything you described about mm-hmm. him is true, but there's this like, there's this like hidden aura? confident aura, yeah. aura about him yeah, yeah. where you know if he and hits that space bar, yeah. man, he's very competitive. Man, if he hits that he's space like, bar, it's, like, a, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. he treats making beats like it's like it's a sport, you know, yeah. and like that's like he spends so much time in the studio. To where it's like he's he's super competitive with it. He doesn't want like if somebody plays a beat that he feels like is better than something he plays, then he has to go make something like better. You know, like that's yeah. like I catch him sometimes to where he'll be like, "Yo, I went to the studio at seven a.m." I'm like, "Why were you at the studio at seven a.m.?" And he'll be like, "Man, I seen something on like Instagram or somebody <laughs> played a beat on Instagram and that shit was hard, and I yeah. just had to get up and go make that's- something." And it's just like. He, that's what he has inside of him where like other people inspire him to where it's like man if Smash is over there making that or if Illmind is over there making that or if they got this record I gotta get one you know? that's and the work a, ethic that'll get you 20 placements in one year yes that's the fucking work that fire. I'm talking about that fire right uh, uh, Matt, he I had, had a, like a good competitiveness Matt yeah. I, I had uh, a, another two questions for you um, first other question is what other producers do you manage and my second question is when it comes to managing a producer, do you know, like, as soon as you hear the track, like someone you never heard of, as soon as you hear it, within like the first seven seconds you hear it and you're like, oh my God, who is this? Like, I gotta get this person on my team. Or do you like invite them around the studio, see how they interact, see what their grind is like, their personalities like, their work ethic? Like, what's your approach when it comes to uh, managing uh, anybody, whether producer, artist, or whatever? Well, I think in, in the age of social media, it kind of, it works a little bit different, you know, because I can, I can potentially manage somebody I haven't met yet. Facts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, 
I think a lot of it comes down to like, okay, first off, answer the first question. The other producers I manage are Willie B, uh, Lord Quest, um, this kid named Mario Luciano. Mario. Yeah, definitely oh, hear a Mario. Lot He's ridiculous. Mario's the future. Um, Facts. Yes, definitely. Um, and go buy his sample kit, producers that are listening. Yeah, um, you already know. And then, um, and then see, and then there's there's that other space that I was about to get into, to where it's like there's a lot of kids that I have that I talk to regularly, that I text regularly, that send me stuff that I'm not ready to like fully be like, yo, I'm in as that person, but I'm definitely helping them, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely like uh, sending their music out. Mm-hmm. They're definitely, you know, trying to get them in different situations. Like there's some of them that do have placements that I'm trying to like help procure deals for because I kind of work differently. I'm not a person that tries to like shove paperwork down people's throat and be like, yeah. you got to sign this before I'll do something for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the end of the day, I can't do nothing without it, without talent. Like, Cause I can't yep. make a beat to save my life. And I've tried. So I can't, <laughs> like, I, yeah. no, I can't do it. Um, so it was just like, I need talent and I need them to be able to, Hundred percent trust. I me. love that. I love and that because that I just that just that just establishes like a trust. Trust in yeah. the, from the very yeah. beginning, yeah, exactly. organically, organic, an organic yeah, trust. trust. Like yeah. me and my manager John talk mm-hmm. about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when I started, um, when John Masters started managing me, we didn't have a contract in mm-hmm. place for the first year, maybe two years. We mm-hmm. were just rocking, you know. And then it right. and then it became and more that's serious. How it should be. Mm-hmm. And then when once it gets to a point where there's real money involved. And it's just, to, and like, and at that point, it's just to protect yourself because I've built up this trust that, you know, now you're my friend, you know, if, yep. if not more. So now we're brothers and we're really in this together. And you put stuff on the line, I put stuff on the line, and hopefully we made some moves to where it's like, all right, let's make this official, put this on paper, and, you know, we can keep moving. But I tell them, even then, when we get to that point, it's like, look, if you don't want to manage me, I don't want to manage you because yep. I'm not going to be, like, I don't need a stressful relationship. The only person. Yeah. That I'm even willing to be in a stressful relationship is my potential, like is my girl. Yeah. Like so, other than that, like, yeah. Like, like I'm not even with that. So it's like, if I don't, if you don't want me to manage you, cool. We can rip this up, and you can go your way. I can go my way. Yeah. And I love. I always think about paperwork. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I always feel like with, with paperwork is like, I don't jump into that immediately because if, if I don't feel like I should need a piece of paper in order to have you pay me. Yeah. Like, yeah. if we can't just have a relationship to where it's like, yo, I'm doing right. this, and we're going to get this, and we come to an agreement on what our percentage splits are, and you can't just do that off of a handshake, then a piece of paper is not going to make you pay me either. And I'm going to yeah. still have to come sue you one day to get what I deserve, mm-hmm. and it's still going to end up ugly. Exactly. So that's why, like, paperwork to me is kind of overrated in a sense, because people will throw paperwork in your face, but they still won't go do work after that. That's yeah. a fact. So it's like, I, I find this piece of paper... And now you're not busting your ass like you told me you was going to do. Yep. But I signed this piece of paper on your words and not on your actions. And then it just makes yep. shit awkward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Super awkward. Yeah. Are you, and are then you... I don't, yeah, then if I see you in the studio, it's a problem. Or if I see you at a, at a concert, yeah. it's a problem. And I don't want to run into you. Or, and like, it's hard to maneuver with that kind of energy. see you. You can't. Like, when, you have, <laughs> exactly. when you're around people with that kind of energy, it's like you can't maneuver. You can't. Yeah, that's not like that's the awkward. opposite of like. Right. That's the opposite of successful energy, man. Of progressing yeah. and advancing forward. Uh, exactly. Matt. Yeah. Uh, are you open to managing more uh, producers slash artists? Or are you like, are you good now? Or you always have your eyes open? Um, I mean, I always, like, when that question comes up, I always be like, yeah, I'm good, you know, but 
for me, it's it's not really that. I can't really say that like, oh, I can't manage somebody else. Right. For me, it's just a matter of, you know, seeing where they're at, what they need, and if I can give them the attention that they potentially would need. Some people are some people need more than others, you right, know, yeah. and especially like when it comes to managing an artist and managing a producer. Um, artists absolutely need more than Facts. a producer does. Yep. Um, but but even then, when it comes down to just personalities and people, some people are just more needy than others. Mm. And so for me, that's why I t- like to take that time and like, really kind of introduce myself and see, like, yo, is this somebody that's too needy for me? Because I don't know if I'm going to be spread too thin with what I already have, have committed to myself. Or is this somebody that I can see falling in line and kind of seeing, like, okay, that when the time is right and when I need to be there, I absolutely will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that obviously makes it easier to be like, you know what? I can put you on a team and we can figure this out. So I can't say I'm open to it or close to it. It just kind of has to fit. And then yeah. even to go back to answer your other question, like as far as like how long it takes me to hear something, oh, man, it doesn't take me long. And I kind of like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest, because I feel like sometimes I might miss shit because Facts. I didn't give it you know, a long enough try. Right. Or sometimes I might jump at things too early. Mm. And then you see it, and then it's like, ah, oh, damn, it's not what I thought it was. Um, that happens a lot of times when I get beats from producers. So I definitely, I need to hear more than one beat or even, shit, I need to hear more than 50 beats mm-hmm. to know that, like, okay, this is something that I can really work with. I really got to know, for me to work with a producer, I got to know that I can walk into at least, like, one or two rooms with an artist, and the artist isn't going to want you to leave. after you play like cardiac is that willie is that um Mm -hmm. chase is that you know like mario is that so Mm -hmm. like i need that um you know to where it's like i know i can leave you with an artist and the artist is going to be like yo don't have him leave or you come back tomorrow you know what i mean Mm -hmm. to where it's like that's when it's like okay you got something manageable and if one artist did that then it's not going to be hard for me to find another artist and then you know once we get that going then we just playing the placement game Where does that come from, though? Like, were you, I mean, you weren't a producer coming up. You weren't an artist. You weren't musically inclined, but you had an ear for talent and and for okay, so finding it. Yeah, go ahead. So my uncle, not my uncle, but not particularly by blood, but this is somebody that I've known all my life. And is one of my blood uncle's, like, best friends. So as far as I've been alive, mm-hmm. he's been my uncle. Right. But he was a record producer. Um, and his name is Doug Rashid, and he produced Gangsta's Paradise for Coolio and won a Grammy for that. Crazy. Oh, smash, <laughs> big tune. And, and he produced Only God Can Judge Me for Tupac. Oh, oh. Um, that, yo, that's yo, my favorite Yo, yo, dude. yo, that's uh, Matt. Matt's I mean, like, who, who, who does That was a light little flex Insane. right there, man. That's crazy. A little bit. Like even okay, I got the bigger flex for me is at one point in his life he was married to Shaka Khan, so I think that's oh amazing. My God. Oh man! So, come on. so at one point in my life Shaka Khan was like my good auntie, so that's kind of fire. That's um, fucking fire. But um, but yeah, not so. I think it kind of came from that. But honestly, my love and passion for music always kind of came from my cousins. I was always kind of around it, and. I had cousins that lived in different places and I would always go visit for summers and I would always come back with something different. So if I had a cousin in the South, I was coming back with, you know, Hot Boys or BG albums that I couldn't get in LA. Or if I was going to see my cousin in New York, they were playing me reasonable doubt. Like, yo, this is going to be the next guy that you're going to love. 
So I always kind of had like a wide palette for music. I tell people all the time, the first CD I bought with my own money was a Goody Mob album. Mm. And they're Crazy. like, yo, you're from LA. What do you know about Goody Mob? And I'm like, shit. I had a cousin who was in Atlanta and brought that shit back. And I loved the song Soul Food as a kid to where I was like, mom, this is the CD I want to buy. And so that was a CD I bought as a kid in fucking 1996. Um, so like for me, like it's always been like, that's kind of where I drew my passion for music. And I've always saw my cousins were trying to do small things. Like my, one of my cousins had like a small independent label in Oakland where he was just putting out compilation CDs. Um, I had another cousin who worked at Warner Chapel in like the mail room and he ended up working at William Morris and being an agent on like the gospel side. Mm. So like it always kind of came from that. And for me, I have this competitive thing within my family to where it's like, I, like, okay, if we're doing the same thing, I'm trying to one up y'all. Mm. So like for me, it was like, okay, man. so I'm trying to really like. See, that's why you and Cardiac together somehow. is not fair, man. <laughs> both, both you motherfuckers like are locked and loaded on some Voltron Transformer shit. Power Ranger, motherfuckers. You fuck around and get 20 places a year what, type shit. What was your like first music, you know, whatever, like official music title or job or you know, something where, you know, it was like your first time oh, you got put on. First time I ever got paid for anything I did in music, I was a runner for a music studio. Nice. Um, what does that mean? I, it was, this is an intern. It was a studio. Okay, so I, I used to get food. Oh, oh <laughs> an intern runner. Oh, I got and, you, got you, got you. Yeah, and I used to have to clean up the studio and set up the studio, and then I moved up and I became an assistant um, and I was this guy, Omar Rambert's assistant, to where he, he was the head of, like, Overbrook Entertainment, which is Will Smith's company, and he's, like, Will's best friend. So I was helping him and, like, assisting him with some artists that they, that they were working with at the time. Um, and, yeah, and just, like, being a general studio assistant um, from my year that I kind of bullshitted my way through recording school, I got that job. And to be honest, that job paid off the biggest, this year because I met Tank my first year there and this year obviously Cardiac got three records on Tank's yep. album and one of them being one the current, current. Uh, R&B number one I think yeah. So, yeah clap it up for that man. so that shit kind of oh, paid yeah. off finally wait let nice. me get let me let me do one of these hold on, hold uh, yeah, on. Let's find, let's find a good one. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> we have to do that mm-hmm. Matt what um before we wrap we wrap up today um this is an open-ended question, but what's your one piece of advice for the producer, man? Like, out of all the shit you've seen, all the clients you've managed, all the moves you've made, all the all the plays you've put into play, you know, what's that one piece of advice you can give to the muse to the upcoming music producer? Educate yourself. I'm gonna give two. Educate okay. yourself, which is like always my number one. Like, learn your business with anything you're trying to get into, but especially music because it's very unique in the way it works. It doesn't work as logically as it's supposed to, but it's what we love. So we got to learn it in order to take advantage of it. Um, and then two would be never quit, man. I've, I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen people that I thought would never make it, you know, and somehow they never quit and they turned around and made it. And I was like, damn, you made it. You know what I mean? Fuck. I didn't see you climbing that ladder, but you know, it happens. So, Wow. This shit is a revolving door, and so is all you need is one person to one day see whatever you're doing and be like, "Yo, I want to help you." The same way I saw Cardiac or I saw Cause, and I wanted to help them. 
it all it takes is one person to see it. So like I would say, never quit because the day you quit might be the day somebody come looking for you. Mm. Love it. I love it, man. I wanted to ask you, um, what what's some good advice that you have for people trying to um, be at the position you're at, like dealing mm. with the management and like A and Ring? Because I know, mm-hmm. like you know, being an A and R isn't the the easiest job, right? Because you have to like kind of convince people that you have the newest thing or you know what's up and coming you know so what advice do you have you know for people who want to either get into that or you know have an ear for A&R but are not sure like how to take it anywhere um you know keep your ear to the streets definitely try to network your ass off you know I was one of the people where I was going to events and and whether it was like uh open mic or a producer beat battle Mm -hmm. not because I was trying to you know play my beats i was trying to meet people who i thought was dope um so you know you got to kind of think outside the box because everybody that's everybody else's dream everybody who can't make music wants to be an a&r and that's even without knowing what an a&r is so i would say one is you know kind of figure out what it is that you want to do and where can you where can you add your talents to somebody else and to really like benefit them because that's what you're doing you know Mm -hmm. it's not it's not your show you're adding to somebody else's show and you got to be willing to do that. You know, you got to be willing to put somebody ahead of you because this okay. isn't about you at the end of the day. It's, it's about your artists and their artistry and what they're trying to give to their fans. Um, so that's really like, if I was to give you anything, it's like that's the biggest thing you got to recognize. And because there's different A&Rs. Some A&Rs are going to be the guys that, that know all the producers and, and have an ear for this and can help you, you know, with concepts and all of that stuff and be more on the creative side. And they might suck at doing paperwork, and they can't do none of that shit. And then there's going to be the dude that can do all the paperwork and get all the business and, and has all those connections and can find you money in places that he, that other people can't get it, but can't do shit in the studio, wouldn't, can't even tell you what a good song or verse is. Mm. You know, he just loves his friend because his friend is an artist or whatever. So, like, you got to fight as an artist, they got to find their team and, and what pieces fit, but you just have to be as a manager or as an A&R person or as a teammate, you have to be willing to be pliable and being able to fit in to where you see like deficiencies, you know, if it's like, okay, I see that we need somebody to do videos. If you mm-hmm. can't do it, you got to be the person that finds the, right. the dude that's doing the videos. You know, you have to be able to be pliable. You have to be able to see the problems before they come and be like, look, this is going to happen and you're going to have these decisions to make. And cause I tell my artists that all the time, I'm not making decisions for you. I'm just telling you what's going to happen and you're going to have these decisions to make, you know, and I'm rocking with you with whatever decision you make. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to do that too, because a lot of times your client or your artist that you're working for, and that's the key is you're working for them. They're going to want to do something different than how you feel. And you got to be you got to be 100 enough with yourself to be like, I feel you. And that's what we're going to do. And being, and also be solid enough to give your opinion without being too overbearing, which is something that I've been learning is, you know, sometimes you got to be able to be like, you know what? I, I think this, but cool. I'm going with what we're doing and I'm executed to that. You know what I mean? You got to be a team wow. player at the end of the day. Gems. Not advice, man. Fucking gems right there. Matt, we've we're we're almost on episode sixty, and we've yeah. interviewed a lot of big you know people in the industry, and that might be the best sound advice. I think that might be top. we've ever had on Blap Chat. Yeah. 
That's a great way to end this Man, interview. Wow. Matt. Thank well, you, Matt. I mean, somebody Fire. told me. I, I wish I could remember the person who told me that, but I'm sure somebody along the way told me, so I got to give it to the same, the same way forward. I got it. So Got to pay it forward. Yeah. Uh, let's clap it up for money-making Matt Money for joining Matt. us today. <laughs> Matt, thank you once again for dropping these gems, man. Oh, um, yeah. Super appreciated. So much love and luck going into 2018 to you. Cardiac and the whole team. Shout to the entire team, man. Um, you you know how I get down, man. We are gonna be seeing you out in LA, man. We always. Oh yeah, I mean, we gonna get more placements for Cardiac and Illmind. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We me and me Cardiac just get started, man. We just get started. Right. Um, <laughs> all right, man. We'll talk soon, bro. All, all right, man. Thank you, man. Be good. Right, peace. Later. peace. I had to drop that air horn one more time, man. Wait, mm. wait, 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 wait. What the Yeah, man. Talk about gems. (laughs) Gems, man. Shout out to Money Making Matt. It's funny because, like, he still uses his surf club email. Yeah. So I'm like, (laughs) I just put two and two together. Like, damn, that's the surf. That's the hip boy and chase shit. Oh, man. He goes back and way back with them. Uh, Anyway, so let's jump into this. uh, Let's jump into this blapper crap, shall we? Let's go. Yes. All right. Let's do this. So, guys, check it out. We're going to jump into our blapper crap segment. Can you say blapper crap? Blap or crap. I missed that. Let's um, go. So this is what we're going to do, guys. We are going to go to this website uh, uh, called BeatThread.com. This beat is our website that we com. built. BeatThread.com. And we're going to choose our beats on this uh, website at random, your beats. We're going to play a snippet. And then if we like the beat, we're going to give you a blap. And if we don't, we're going to give you a crap. And we will give you a little bit of constructive criticism. So if you want to partake in this uh, segment, you need to go to beatthread.com. You need to sign up. Uh, it's a free membership. And what you can do is upload your music, kind of like SoundCloud. Um, and then there's a, all these cool rating systems here. There's a fire emoji. If you like a beat, if you don't, you can crap it and give a thumbs down. And then there's a little meh kind of emoji in here and then you can critique on the drums the melody the mix the arrangement so it's a really cool website to not only receive critique but also give critique um, on other people's beats as well so check out bthread.com to upload your track and when you upload make sure you hashtag blap or crap to be considered on this segment so that being said our first submission (laughs) for today it's been it's been pretty shitty lately, right, guys? Yeah, we've had. I think. I think pretty much we had all craps. Really? Uh, last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our first submission for today is Inferno Swank. Hello there. <laughs> I thought that was the track. I was like, oh shit. A little fuzzy. I was gonna, I was thinking that too. A little muddy. Swag.
I feel like I'm, I'm in an elevator or yeah, something. No, no, like in a chat, a chat room. room. Yeah, like I'm browsing. Like you're through. on hold for Verizon yeah, or something like I'm that. Like, I'm like on hold. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I'll start it off, that. Mundo. Well, Mundo. Beats, beats, beats. 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 Okay, Here's the thing. The I thought the percussion was like way louder than the actual instrumentation on the record. True. Um,. The little, little stick, I, the little stick, the little stick, and the the kick and okay. the snare, like yeah. boom, boom, it was way out in front. Yeah. I'm not gonna front. I did like that bass up. Boom, 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 yeah, it was funky. Boom, boom. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I really liked that a lot. Uh, two things I would do. I would maybe speed it up a little bit because it was very like dragging. So I would speed it up. I'd make that bass line the star of the show. Have that a little bit more in front. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean. Everything else dragged to the bottom right. God, I'm oh, a terrible yeah. person. No, drag it. no, no. But I like. I wouldn't the, drag it. No, no, I would. I like the baseline. I think it just has some mixing issues on right. the track because even when it came in, it was staticky. It was a little bit muddy just from yeah. the jump. So, yeah. the first impression wasn't the best, but there were elements in there I liked. Uh, but I'm gonna have to crap this one. What you guys think? Crap. Crap. I didn't like the. I don't. I don't. I just didn't, like, didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a feeling you got. You just yeah. Know. Yeah. Okay. It's this seems sounds like it made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. A little bit, right? It's, it made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. When the stick came in, I was just like, oh god. I thought it was something outside. Yeah. Me too. I looked, I looked around because I, like, I thought I was like, that's Where's why that I looked at you and laughed. I was like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna crap that. Um, it had kind of like a decent vibe in the sense of like laid back vibe mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it made me feel like you something you would hear in like Macy's or like a shopping right. that's what I was talking about at yeah. a shopping yeah, yeah. center or something yeah. you know why you just like Neiman, Neiman Marcus with yeah. your mom and shit she's looking around <laughs> right. Right. Waiting, wait, <laughs> you know, waiting in the hallway grabbing those last minute Christmas last gifts last minute Christmas you know? you know what I mean Um, but yeah I think I don't know when the sticks came in it was a little weird I think I think the the quantizing of them like I heard off. something different, yeah. yeah. Um, and just the main melody um, needed to be mixed better. Maybe just change the melody overall. Um, you know, it wasn't a terrible beat, but yeah, it, it kind of lost me after a while. But that's like something that I feel you can hear in like a department store or something. Yeah, yeah. That's Neiman Marcus or Macy. You know them little holiday like perfume fucking gift baskets and shit? <laughs> yep. That's the theme song for that. Okay, our next submission is by Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D.
All right, that was Roland with the fucking Roland. vibes. With the I'm gonna, fucking vibes, man. I'm going to blap that, man. I'm a sucker for like hard shit like that. You know, I'm a pause. sucker for good shit. Yeah, yeah, that was hard, man. That was hard, with man. I'm, I'm going yeah, to blap it, too. I'm blapping it. Yeah, I'm going to blap that. Blap hey, Fucking shit, Mundo, Mundo's gonna blap it too. Wow, Mundo blapped uh, it. I got balls of steel. Yo, that was hard. It was like boom, boom. I like that it yeah. came boom, in with that energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who it was that? In. What was the name of that track? Roland. Roland. Roland? Yo, Roland, keep sending, man. Upload on Beat Thread. Keep sending that fire, yeah. man. That was dope. I really like that beat, man. Yeah, I'm a, really I'm a like blap that, that beat. Wow. I Good think job. that's the first universal blap we've universal had in like months, probably been a long time all right our last submission for today is by tony mitchell joni mitchell but with a t Fucking fire! I'll That's that. I'll blap it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, once again, oh. Yeah, man, Atlas the plug. Nah, I'm blapping that. <laughs> I, was, I was like, da- I was dancing to that. Right. Shit was groovy, man. That shit was fire. <laughs> hey, yes. victory! Is that um, another? Is, I think it's the first time we've had two unanimous back to back blaps. That was a unanimous. Am I wrong? Yeah, back to back. Listen, I'll I'll be honest. There was um, I didn't know if I liked the um, uh, the what's it called the choir thing, the huh 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 when it first came in, but soon as uh soon as it started playing, I started to like it, and then when it came back in later, and then that change up, that change up was hard, man. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice change up. Was hard, man. Good job, man. I agree. Good fucking job. Wow, so we got two blaps we today. We got two blaps. That was good progress. Mm-hmm. One crap that was really crappy. But listen, guys, if you're interested in um, submitting for this blabber crap segment, just yes. go to Beat Thread 
Dot-com. Sign up. It's free. And uh, you can upload your tracks on there. You can give critiques, receive critiques from other users. It's a lot of fun to use. And uh, make sure you hashtag blap or crap when you upload. Um, that concludes episode 58. Yes. Wow. We, have our, we have our roundup. We have our next week. 2017, 2017 roundup, roundup. wrap-up episode next week. Yeah. So make sure you tune in for that. We're going to observe the year and probably do something really cool that yes. we will announce. So, yeah. Yeah, we well, got a couple ideas, yeah, but um, again, shout to all of our listeners, man. Shout to all of our creators out there. Money making Matt. Shout to Money making Matt for joining us today. Tony G. Yeah, and shout to Tony and Cardiac and all the people uh, we talked about today. And, you know, shout to you guys who are listening, man. Yep. Subscribe to us if you're not subscribed on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud and hit us up on our social media at Blapchat, B L A P C H A T. It's going down every Friday. You already know what it is. I hope you guys uh, from uh, all of us here at Blapchat. I hope you guys have an amazing holiday season. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. Happy, Happy, Happy holidays. Christmas, Hanukkah. Spend Kwanzaa. this time Happy with your family. Drink your coquito. Drink your coquito and your kakaki and your papuko and your papusa. You guys enjoy the time with family. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy yeah. holidays. Happy holidays. Um, yes. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Appreciate it. And guys, we will man. talk to you guys after Christmas. All right. Yes. Next week. Next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here. Next week. Uh, <laughs> so ugly. Peace, peace, peace. Bye. Peach. Bye.